Welcome to the Questionably Qualified Podcast. I'm John Truxus, and while Justin Jefferson now has more career receiving yards than any member of the Chicago Bears franchise, I'm only three head coaching wins behind Matt Eberflus for that particular leaderboard. <laughs> Joining me as always is Mike Yax. Yax, how you doing, buddy? I can't believe you didn't introduce me as resident dolphin sex expert, but... <laughs> <laughs> you are, you do have that title in terms of the question of qualified group for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> good to be here. As always, always good. I am uh, back home now and unfortunately managed to contract COVID while I was traveling for vacation and then work. So we'll see how this goes on my end. And I know that you also are feeling a bit under the weather. So should be interesting. Yeah, I have a... Uh... The only way I can describe it is a daycare plague. <laughs> Any? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we haven't quite gotten to that stage yet, but I know it's not far off. Yeah. <laughs> Fun times. We shall Spe- persevere. Absolutely. Speaking of things that are actually fun, let's go ahead and cover what happened in the NFL in Week 2, though it wasn't great for either of our teams. So let's... Let's actually start with the less fun piece then. Let's go with the Lions because there's a lot going on with the Bears uh, and they weren't really expected to win last week. So we can dive into their whole carnival after we discuss the Lions loss. But after that big week one win over Kansas City, the Lions lost to a Seahawks team that was missing both offensive tackles, I believe. But how much of a surprise was that one to you? I think if you go back a week, I wasn't like incredibly... I wasn't as sky high as I think some of our friends were. I definitely was not confident enough to take them in the first suicide pool, mm-hmm. um, which it, it did. It did come back and bite some of our friends. Uh, you look at how they lost some really, really costly turnovers, um, and then they weren't able to get home and have a ton of pressures. The only sack they had was, I think. Gino took it on purpose because he didn't want to stop the clock, even though it was the two-minute warning. <laughs> so that was kind of a weird play. <laughs> Interesting choice there. <laughs> it was a bold strategy. Um, and even with all that, the game did go to overtime. Yeah. And, like, yeah, one was a pick six that uh, Goff threw when he was pressured, and then David Montgomery fumbled on the 15, which led to – seven points so it's like yeah we kind of spotted them 14 um a lot of people want to try to quibble with some of the in-game like why didn't like why didn't why weren't they more trying to score later in the game instead of settling for a field goal and going to overtime and i was like i don't i don't know it wasn't hyper aggressive but they kind of missed a few plays and if they would have got them they probably would have tried to score i don't know i was just that didn't. That's that was kind of beside the point to me, anyways. Yeah, and I think the the turnover bit is always. Jared Goff had what thirteen something or something like that games in a row without interception, which he's not overly aggressive with the ball, but that's a pretty impressive streak for any quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, for sure, and it also has like a lot to do with like not a lot, but some to do with luck. Like for sure, you know, you watch like I, I love watching Deshaun Watson crash and burn like the disaster of a human being he is but he had a pick six that he just threw straight into one of his guy's arms like Kadarius Tony level <laughs> yeah stuff. yeah it's not always the quarterback's fault when that happens 
yeah, so sometimes there's some bad luck involved in that. Like you said, I mean, the game still went to overtime, and they kept it close throughout. I don't think it's a bad loss for the Lions in that sense, and I don't know that it's entirely surprising. Like you said, I don't know what possessed a couple of our friends to think that it was such a done deal that they should go ahead and pick them in the suicide pool, but we don't have to worry about their opinions anymore because they're out. Yeah, for sure. It's rough. Um, yeah, all the injuries that came out of that, though, are going to make it tough for um, this next. This yeah, next. who all is out now? I know Montgomery went down, but who else went out in that game? Um, yeah, they lost quite a few guys. Uh, so C.J. Gardner-Johnson might be out for basically the whole season. He's got a torn pack. Uh, David Montgomery is going to be out for a few weeks, I think. Our starting guard. Uh, hello, uh, I can never say his first Vitae. Vitae. He's going to be out. Um, then Amon Rod, he practiced for the first time Thursday this week. Okay, that's good at least. If he's out, then I think the offense is really in trouble. It would, Yeah, I was like, if he was out, I was going to say, there's just kind of no way. Yeah, our offense functions correctly. Who else is out? I think those are the injuries that came from the game. Those are the big ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you do you want to complain about the overtime rules at all, or do you feel like giving up a touchdown, uh, nine play, seventy five yard drive is sufficient evidence that <laughs> that the team deserved the win? I don't. Know. I just is they have to play with the rules too. So it's like I'm sure nobody would have complained if we won the toss and then we right. scored a touchdown. So that's kind of my only point with that. I do think it's weird that they do, like, no matter what, one team gets the ball in the playoffs and they don't have the same... Like, just make the overtime the same. That's kind of like... I would do that, but I, I was not complaining at all about that. Part of me part of me says that we shouldn't care that much about both teams getting one chance, but to your point, I know that they do... I know that the overtime is a short period also, so I wouldn't even mind it. I wouldn't mind that tweak as much if they said like both teams get a chance at the ball, and if one team just does what the Seahawks did, for instance, and scores a touchdown in that amount of time, the other team is already going to be kind of running up against the clock on their response drive because that ten-minute quarter. I mean, it's exactly two-thirds as long as a regular one, right? And it sure does go yeah. by quickly. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I think that's that's enough. We don't have to talk more about the Lions if you don't want to. It's a tough a tough loss. I don't, I I don't. I think it's there was overreaction after week one, and I think there's a little bit of overreaction now too. The Seahawks were a playoff team last year. Yeah, it's kind of what I said coming out of the first game. I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I'm not too high on it. I'm not too low on it. I mean, all the people that were clowning on Mike Perico, it kind of seems like a should have been an asterisk. Now, um, we'll see what happens with the Falcons. That's what that's the game I'm probably most excited to see. Not even just as a Lions fan, but you know, we got the questionable, questionably qualified consensus pick to win the NFC South <laughs> coming up to Detroit. So it'll be an interesting game this week. It'll be a clash of division division front runners in our in our previews, at least. I <laughs> who did you act? Did you actually pick the Lions to win the North? Because to me, it feels like you picked the Packers, but you didn't actually say. It's possible I picked the Packers. I don't think I did. You didn't. You didn't pick either. Was was yeah? Which I was just thinking about that because I was like, hmm. 
It was not the consensus pick of the North because I don't know if you ever went on record saying who you thought was, was going to win. You thought the Lions were going to be under their win mark and the Packers would be over theirs. Oh, that's true. And that that's leaves a, a very thin margin. Yeah. Yeah, they'd have to win the head-to-head and tie at, the, at that point, I think. <laughs> yeah. Either way. Anyway, but yes, that'll, that'll be a fun game. I think, yeah, I think the last thought I have on it is if, if you were to just swap the two results from the first two weeks yeah. and you were to say that the Lions lost to the Chiefs in overtime and then beat the Seahawks, I think people would be like, yeah, that's pretty much the start that I imagined for the Lions in a, in a pretty optimistic world, too, that they would force overtime against the Chiefs. Yeah. So I don't think it's worth freaking out too much one way or the other there no we'll, we'll see we'll see you know it's i think it, the rule of thumb is a good one like the first four weeks are kind of the barometer and before that you don't actually know too too much unless yeah. unless we're talking about the bears then we've seen probably all <laughs> we need to see yeah yeah let's go ahead and, and transition into that because it's it's getting ugly there real fast so <laughs> over the course of this past week I, I might get the order of these things wrong, but Justin Fields at some point put some blame on the coaching for his robotic style of play. Then I think it was between that and his next set of comments, the defensive coordinator of the Bears just resigned. So that's an unusual one. Sometimes you get mid-year <coughs> firings yeah. of coordinators, but rarely just resignations. The GM came out, with some comments about how everything is going all right, which I like is always that. a bad sign. <laughs> and then Justin Fields came back on to clarify that he wasn't blaming the coaching for his robotic playing style. That was somehow misunderstood, I guess. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I, <laughs> sports in general, I would yeah. say, get away with a lot of, um, that was a misunderstanding of what I said when they, they said something pretty clearly. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the, I want to see the actual quote. Let's see how we took him out of context. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's see what that context was that it might have been out of. But either way, uh, they look like they are doomed. So they are now 0-2. <laughs> That's our, uh, the, the very, it's a very specific term. They're just doomed. Yep, they, they lose in week one by 18. To Jordan Love in Jordan Love's regular season, I guess not debut, but you know his his full season starter debut. Then they lose in Week Two to Tampa Bay, twenty seven to seventeen. So Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield have both dropped a lot of points on them, and I don't think it's going to get a lot easier for them from here. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're going into Arrowhead this week. That's going to be a fun one. Uh, here's here's the block that I see. When asked what was causing him to think too much during the loss versus the Bucks, Fields said, quote, coaching. <laughs> so I can see how they took him out of context. <laughs> yeah, outside of the reporters on that one, I can understand what they were what they were thinking. So then he got a follow-up question. He said this. I liked the times I felt like I was in rhythm. Things I didn't like. I felt like I was playing robotic. My goal this week is to say, F it, and just play football. That's when I play my best. When I'm out there playing free. I'm going to go out there and be me. <laughs> awesome. Anytime someone rhymes two things when they're telling you what they're going to do. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> somehow in that Tampa Bay game, the Bears threw 29 passes and ran the ball 16 times. Uh, so I think that's 45 plays, which doesn't seem possible. <laughs> so that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> I guess they're playing really slow, but also not really controlling the ball at all. So that's not a good combination. Their defense can't really stop anyone as we've gone over. I think, you know, I mean, we'll the lines a little bit later, but I don't. I don't think there's any way that the Bears are going to cover, but their best way to do it would be for Kansas City to drop every pass again like they have. They have done that in, before. In the first week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the Fields experiment is up. <laughs> you think it's already over? I think it, I mean, it would, it, what is it at this point? It's it's two full off seasons. Yeah, I think, to me, the Eberflus experiment <laughs> is over. Yes. Um, I think he is a disaster, and I don't like. I I have no words, but <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be funny to see. Yeah, going back to like we were talking about the Lions, like this Bears defense, like how bad is it? Because I don't think the Falcons' defense is that good, and in the second half, Jordan Love couldn't do anything against them. I think he threw for. 50% completion. <laughs> right. Like, <yeah. laughs> right. The Atlanta defense was terrible last year, and like, somehow miserable. they looked so much better than the Bears did. <laughs> In fairness, let me get, let me give you some of the names here on the Bears. So, I remember Jaquan Brisker from last year. That one was exciting, and he looked like he could be good. He's in just a second year now. Jalen Johnson, also some potential. But if we go through their tackles list, you have Tremaine Edmonds, their big offseason acquisition, off-ball linebacker. TJ Edwards. Okay. <laughs> I think I've heard of him. Greg Stroman Jr. Old, old Stroman. <laughs> Tyreek Stevenson, Elijah Hicks, Gervin Dexter Sr. That's a beautiful name. It really is. Jack Sanborn, Justin Jones, Andrew Billings, Jalen Jones. So we have a Jalen Johnson, a Justin Jones, and a Jalen Jones. It's it's not a lot of people that you recognize. Yannick Ngakwe showed up again. There you go. He had two tackles in the game. But they just don't have a lot of talent there. And we knew that was going to be the case coming in since they were breaking it down for parts last season, including the Khalil Mack trade and then later the Roquan Smith trade. And some of that would have looked a lot better in hindsight, I think, and there would be a little bit more leeway given to the general manager and the head coach if they hadn't then dealt a second-round pick for Chase Claypool. I don't even know. I mean, they're, they're just stuck, right? They're stuck in between. They don't have enough good players to be competitive. The only way they would have been is if Justin Fields took a tremendous leap between seasons, and he clearly hasn't done that. So I think... You know, they're not going to be 0-17, I don't think, but they're definitely not going to be good. So, yeah, I, d- I just don't think there's really any... I don't have any more reasons to watch the Bears this season unless Field starts doing an impersonation of his second half last year so that at least I can start him on my fantasy team. But for the moment, he's not even doing that. And I know part of that... I- I know part of that is that they haven't really been calling many designed runs for him, which seems like an odd choice after the way last season ended. But yeah. again, that goes to your point about how Eberflus seems like not the guy for the job, plus he's already lost one coordinator, but whoever he has coordinating the offense, it seems like a weird move to to move away from having designed runs for Justin Fields. Yeah, it's a disaster. I mean, 
I, I don't. It, it it seems like malpractice, and that's the same thing we said about Nagy. Like he he hadn't even installed an offense that Fields could even run, and it feels like this guy has Fields as his quarterback, and he hasn't installed an offense that he wants him to run. Like that takes advantage of what he does well. So yeah, even though even though they had it, they had the off season to prepare for it. Oh man, yeah. I wonder if we see Peter Minner, the elusive Tyson Bajent Tyson. <laughs> Tyson, I Taysom? think. Taysom? I think it's just Tyson. It's a weird one. Tyson? <laughs> and then, <laughs> I think you, you told me that, that Nathan Peterman is now ahead of him in the depth chart, right? That's what I saw. I, I don't know if I can trust it, but uh, if you got sad. both those guys on your team, that is like how I know. Like I, I don't want to keep hammering this, but that's how you know. <laughs> yeah. There, there was no plan B. So yeah, let's let's take a look just real quick. I think that this is a good final piece on the Bears. We'll break this down real quick. So when he starts getting some playing time in 2021, right? So this would be during the Matt Nagy era. He attempts more than 30 passes three times. He does it once in week seven, once in week 13, once in week 14. He has double-digit carries just once, but he does have eight-plus carries in four of the last six games that he plays. The next season, so last year in Eberflus's first year, he attempts 30 more passes zero times. That's despite going 3-12. and 12. So not a good sign that that's the case. But he goes from in the first set of, set of games rushing 11 times, 8 times, 8 times, 7 times, 8 times to 12, 14, 8, 15, 13, 18. Then he starts missing a little bit of time due to injury, but still runs the ball 10-plus times in two of his remaining four games. And so far this season, he has nine attempts in the first game and four attempts in the second game. So I just, I I don't know what they're, there isn't any plan to it, right? And that's that's the worst sort of situation you can possibly be in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're bad, and there's no plan, it seems, for them to... Well, we agree on that. And, you know, to our credit, we can still choose either of the two games that the Lions play them for the suicide pool. Oh, yeah. Look at us. How about that? That's nice. Good for (laughs) us. I'm still not going to, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll see what the bye weeks look like, but, you know... You've been you've been playing a, an aggressive strategy as well, so. Ooh, baby! <laughs> yes, last week that was a, that was a game. That was a game yeah, I had on took, my hands. You took the Giants last week, eh? I, I said that on the pod. I screamed, "Hell yeah!" And <laughs> it was an interesting result. <laughs> I, I I would say I couldn't believe they came back to win that game, but it's also the Cardinals this season who might be even worse than the Bears. Yep, and. I <laughs> I wasn't totally surprised that they erased a 21-point deficit in like one and one quarter, eight minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that says all you need to say about the Cardinals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it absolutely does. Uh, in other sad news from last week, uh, Nick Chubb got injured for what is certainly the rest of the season. Yep. It is a major bummer. Mostly because watching Nick Chubb is just really fun. He also happens to be on my fantasy team, so that's a 
a double bummer. Pour one out for our dude. I guess I guess there's really no reason for us to be watching the Browns now, though. That's true. I mean, unless you're just like cheering for Watson to just suck ass. True. Like he has been doing. I mean, through two games, he's not been good. Yep, and it won't. Be, it shouldn't get any easier with Chubb out. So that's going to be a problem. Okay, so the next bit I want to cover before we start looking ahead to Week Three is the positive and negative performances that we were talking about and how strong we feel about them. So I included the aforementioned Giants in here. <laughs> do we do we count that game as a positive or a negative? Or <laughs> I don't even know. Well, we we have another data point on the Giants. Um, given that we're doing this pot on Friday, so we got to watch the Thursday night game, and I I don't know. I don't know if that if in context of the game we just watched. Which they kept it a little closer than you kind of thought through three quarters, but it yeah. never really felt like they were actually in it. You know what I mean? Yep, I was sweating a little bit because I had the Niners minus ten and a half, and then all of a sudden they were covering it easily. But for a good stretch there, it didn't look like it was a for sure lock. Yeah, so to me, I I, I think this team is just kind of a mess. <laughs> but they're kind of okay, and they're kind of a mess. <laughs> they might just they might be the good bad team, right? Yes. Yeah, like something where yeah, I, I I don't know. At one point on the season through six quarters, I'm pretty sure they had a <laughs> point differential of negative 60. So that to me yeah. means they're bad. <laughs> that's, a, I that's fair. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to see how many how many six quarter stretches you could find for any team that actually ended up being good where they went negative 60 for a six quarter stretch at any point in the season that is that's hard to fathom yeah so i think we think they're bad uh let's talk real quick about a couple of zero and two teams the chargers i think i think we have to give the chargers a negative because the titans looked like they couldn't get anything done against the saints in week one yeah and the Saints have a pretty good defense. Yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I guess I guess the Chargers are just the same exact team as last year. Maybe their offense is a little better, but their defense just is giving up even more points, so they're not able to win these games. Yeah, it's it's insane. And like this week, they're playing the Vikings, and it's just kind of like I don't know. It's the Spider Man meme where <laughs> two Spider Mans yeah. coming and they're pointing at each other. Like these teams seem to be. A lot of the same kind of shit going down, so that'll be kind yeah. of fun to watch. Would would the Bills be the third Spider-Man in that particular one? Would it be like <laughs> the Chargers, Chargers West, Chargers Midwest, Chargers East with those uh, three? I don't think so, because I think the Bills have a pretty good defense. Like at least not whatever. That, the hell no, that's true. The that's true. I'm thinking the more. Histor- I'm, I'm thinking more historically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These teams. There's a. Yeah. They're like. Yeah, they fit that bill better. Like, it's those three teams, and, like, historically, they're above, like, the Lions and the Browns. Right, they're always pretty good, or they have stretches of being pretty good teams and competing. Yeah, yeah, they have, like, a facet of the team. that They're not, like, a complete embarrassment garbage team, but, yeah, they just do weird stuff and, like, choke all over the place, and (laughs) you're just not sure what's going down. Yeah, 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 I agree with that. But, like, this year, I feel like the Vikings and the Chargers are, like, almost clones. Agreed. Like, I Yeah, I agree on that entirely, for sure. 
So, <laughs> so with that in mind, those two teams are zero and two. The two teams that are, eh, I don't know, the the Bengals being zero and two is a surprise, just because I think we had a lot of high expectations for them coming into the season. The Patriots zero and two isn't isn't shocking. It's always it's it's still weird, just like mentally adjusting to the Patriots not being the de facto AFC East winners. But at the same time, they've lost now to the Eagles and the Dolphins. The Dolphins, yeah. who look like two pretty dang good teams yes. this year. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like they're going to go into MetLife and probably get it done this week. <laughs> yes, I agree with you on that one. Uh, with their f- going for their 15th straight win over the Jets. 23 out of 26, or 25. 23 out of 25 if they win. 23 out of 25. Yep, yeah. with a couple OT losses thrown oh, in there. Right. So what? Let's let's talk about the Bengals real quick though. With that in mind, what do you, do you think that Burrow's calf is actually a, like a problem? I think that they kind of hand waved it away, but it's been pretty bad in these first two games. I mean, if you look at valuing a roster spot as a matter of seriousness, they elevated a third quarterback. So to me, that kind of says all you need to say. Like. They're yeah, gonna have not that. a good sign. Exactly. Um, so to me, they can say kind of whatever they want, you know. But if you're gonna elevate a third and dress a third guy, it's kind of like you must think it's bad or has gotten worse. Yeah, there's something actually wrong. Yeah, probably. I don't know though. That's a team that I haven't watched too much this year, unfortunately. Yeah, I haven't really watched a ton of them either. Um, I think that it's... So the, the bit that I was curious to me is that coming into it, I was thinking, okay, they are 0-2, but as I mentioned before, they had been slow starters in the past. The Browns had given them trouble in the past, so that game I give like a little bit of leeway for. But if if we're just looking at the Joe Burrow piece of it, in week one against the Browns, he was 14 of 31 for 82 yards, which is truly terrible. And then in week two, I had sort of thought, well, they lost to the Ravens, but they only lose to the Ravens by three three points. Yep. So I was like, okay, that's that's not a bad showing, you know, against uh, you know going into or no, you're you're at home, but still, it's not a bad showing to lose to this Baltimore team by three. But Burrow was still just twenty seven of forty one for two hundred and twenty two yards. So part of the reason they kept it close was they had a punt return touchdown. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> So I don't know. I just maybe I think maybe that calf injury either got aggravated again or was a bigger deal than we thought it might be from the jump. Yeah, I think that either is fair. Um, I just I love the how bad they are in the first two games over the last what four seasons. Yes. Yeah. So now they're one and seven, I believe. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to just be that, and then like Joe Burrow is like the starting pitcher that. If he gets out of the first, he's good. <laughs> right. So we'll see. That. I mean, I think the this Rams team um, is kind of, you know, we'll see. If, if they can contain Aaron Donald, it should be a get-right game for him. Yeah, I think you're right. And it'll be a good setup for the Bengals, I think, because their defense should be able to do pretty well against McVay. They know they've gone against McVay in big situations before. And to your point, like other than Aaron Donald, if, if Burrow can't, rack up some yards on this Rams secondary, then I think we yeah. can officially start to, to really worry about it. For sure. 
Um, I mean, to be fair, I don't know if the Bengals have ever seen a dude like Puka Nakua, so we'll just put that out there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. Man, I'm so sad I didn't get him on waivers. I didn't even try. I was like, yeah, there's no way this kid's going to be good. You're just crushing yeah. it. And just, yeah, you know, it's it, it when you're getting 15 targets a week, you know, it, you start racking up numbers pretty well. You know how it goes. We all had we all penciled him him in to have tied for the most catches through two games in, in the NFL in history. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Jackson Smith the Jigba, <laughs> Zay <laughs> Flowers coming out this 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 uh, in this draft, and then of course Puka Nakua. Who could forget Puka? <laughs> I remember we were we were talking on our rookie draft. And we're just sitting there like, oh, man, hopefully Puka drops to us. <laughs> if only he's We didn't want to say Flowers or Mims. Uh, nobody wanted the the kid on Carolina, Mingo. Oh, yeah, Mingo. Yeah, yep. Nobody wanted any of these guys. We all wanted Puka. It was all Puka. <laughs> yeah, that's been, that's been a really fun one to watch. So yeah, we can talk about some of the positive showings. I actually had the Rams and Puka Nakua, of course, in the positive segment for our pod because I thought that they – really gave the Niners a heck of a game. Yeah. They, I mean, they looked better than the Giants did, and I don't think we would have thought that probably yeah. coming out. You know? Yeah, for sure. Among the other positive teams, uh, we can talk about the Bills real quick. I think it was just sort of the classic get-right game, right? They have that rough week one. Josh Allen was clearly a little bit too geeked up, and he settled down just fine against the Josh McDaniel team. That's, Nothing better to cure, to cure say, your woes. That's how to cure the what ails you. Um, <laughs> I do want to go back to week one because I think we didn't mention this, and I don't know if I saw this right, but did like Josh Allen say he likes blacks out during plays sometimes? Did I miss that? I did see something about that. Yes, like, I think that's what he what? said. What are you? T- that cannot be good. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you know, it's he's like an old Mac. Like, too much information comes at it, just just like turns off. <laughs> I'm out. I'm good, man. I'm just gonna. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, I don't, it it definitely isn't in alignment with like the uh, the Joe Joe Montana Joe Cool <laughs> or, or Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes unflappable <laughs> mystique for sure. No, no, no. It, <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's a pretty funny thing. Yeah, just, I just I just black out sometimes. Just in context of like, yeah, that position and silly. Another another surprising one to me was the Colts in terms of how well they handled Houston. I mean, Houston isn't a very good team, and we knew that coming in. But I also didn't think the Colts were a very good team, and they beat them pretty soundly, even though Anthony Richardson went out with a concussion partway through. I mean, some credit to Gardner Minshew. I think that he's probably a better backup than most teams in the NFL have on the roster, especially if you're just going from a rookie to him. Yep. It's probably not as big of a drop-off as you might have otherwise. Yep. But I, I was surprised that they handled them that easily. Yeah, and I thought they were pretty, like, they didn't keep it too close. I think they played the Jags in the first week. But I think I mentioned I thought they looked a lot better than I thought, too. So it looks like it's more real. So, yeah, that's yep. pretty good. For sure. Yeah, and those Jags... Is, is this two bad weeks is this is this a bad showing against the colts and then a very uninspiring showing against the chiefs or do you think the chiefs d is just considerably better this year than it was last year and 
There's a little no, bit of like I don't even know and they, they, the Jaguars just got got swallowed up last week. True, and I think that some of it is like it's kind of like I'm trying to think of a way to say this. It's like if you're like you're a Taekwondo master and then you teach your disciple and then like 10 years later you fight them in an actual Taekwondo match and it's like I know like I taught you all the moves like it just feels like Doug Peterson's running a worse version of it and he reads offense and it's kind of like what are they supposed to like I feel like they just kind of knew what he's gonna do or how he's gonna do it and I don't know I yeah, and Steve Spagnuolo is going like, oh, yeah, I go against this every week in practice. That's kind of how it felt to me. <laughs> I didn't watch a ton of that game, but it feels like they always have him figured out, and he has a lot more success against not Andy Reid. Yeah, that's that's a really good call-out. That's a very good call-out. It's one of those rare situations where you have enough stability there in Kansas City where it is Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo, yeah. who have both been there for a long time. So, yeah, I think that's that's probably a good explainer. And that gives me some hope that Jacksonville is going to rebound at least a little bit going forward. Yeah, because I think yeah, I think Carrie's got him this week in the in the suicide pool against uh, the Texans. I think her and Megan both have them. That's that's bold thinking. I, I mean, hate, the, I they, hate a division game for the suicide pool. I do too. I, I do too. It drives me nuts. I, game. I have some silly rules for it, but I don't like Thursday night games. Yep. I don't like divisional games. You know, it's just there's there's too much weird stuff that happens there, and and Jacksonville beat the crap out of Houston at the end of last season. <laughs> they won thirty one to three in January, but before that, the Texans had won nine straight games against them. Oh, oh man, I didn't I didn't remember that stat. Yeah, so I try to stay away from it. And if you go back even further, you had the one Bortles year where Jacksonville's defense was dominant, and they beat the Texans twice. But before that, the Texans had won six in a row. It's it's been mostly a one sided affair with Houston. With Houston having the better of Jacksonville for a long time now. I noticed that you said during the Blake Bortles good year that mm-hmm. Jacksonville had a good defense. Are you trying <laughs> to say Blake Bortles didn't have a lot to do with that? <laughs> that that's what I was implying. Yes. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Though to his credit, to his credit, while the defense held Houston to seven points in each of those games, Jacksonville did score twenty nine and forty five. So, he can have forty five. That's why I don't understand Blake Bortles at all. That, that that season, like I think we need to dedicate an entire month to like researching the year that the Jaguars almost beat Tom Brady in the AFC Championship, and they had him. I, I remember this game so because this was over my birthday weekend. I remember my parents came and took me to dinner, and I was like, my dad, for perverted reasons, is like rooting for Tom Brady. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you didn't even go to Michigan. Tom Brady hates the University of Michigan pretty famously. (laughs) Like, there's no reason to root for this jabroni (laughs) golden retriever, dude. Like, let's let's cool it. Let's cool it. (laughs) So this is... Let me, let me tell you a little bit about the game on December 17th, 2017, when Blake Bortles and the Jaguars <laughs> destroyed the Houston Texans 45-7. to 45-burger. <laughs> let me see if I can remember who some of their skill players were. I feel You're like... You're not going to remember who scored most of their touchdowns. You ready for this? No, no, no. Let me think. Okay. 2017. Who scored most of their touchdowns? <laughs> that, that Just that game. Not that year. Oh, okay. Oh, well, now I'm like... 
Now I'm in my own head about it. They did have one decent receiver, but it's probably not the one that you're thinking of from around that time. Because <laughs> they had Allen Robinson. Not that year. No, they didn't have him yet. Uh, who's that's, the, that's what I was thinking, too, in my head. Uh, all right, yeah, I'm not going to get this. Let's hear it. So Keelan Cole is the one that oh, I would say okay. was like actually a decent receiver. Yeah. But in this particular game, it was... Jaden Mickens with two receiving touchdowns. Old Mickens. And, and then and then naturally you had Tommy Bohannon oh. with two one-yard touchdown runs. Tommy Bo, of course. To, to go along with Corey Grant and Chris Ivory. All right. Late stage Chris Ivory. Yep. A little bit of TJ Yeldon mixed in. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, TJ Yeldon was... He was a Chad Henney kneel down appearance. <laughs> but yeah, Corey Grant and Tommy Bohannon, I do not recall at all. Super Bowl champion Chad Henney. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, good luck to them for picking picking the Jacksonville this week. I They may have turned it all around last year in that one beat down, but divisional games are weird. I hate it. Is it in Houston or is it in the swamp? Uh, this game is in Jacksonville. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's that one I have as one of my picks this week is the Texans plus nine for that very reason. So <laughs> I'm just like, eh, I don't know. It's just going to be too weird. Okay, let's go through the last of those those positive and negative performances. Um, any of the other ones that pop out to you that you'd like to touch on? Um, negative. I think we covered a lot of it. I mean, we touched the Browns. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can talk about them a little more if you want to. It is fun to talk about how bad Deshaun Watson has been. You got to love a pick six. Got to love a sack fumble six. Overthrown guys playing like dog shit. I love it. <laughs> love to see it. It's very fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we can touch on the Dolphins real quick. The Dolphins get it. Their second win of the year, uh, beating the Patriots. I think the most encouraging thing there is that the Patriots did a really good job shutting down Tyreek. And the Dolphins seem to be able to adapt pretty darn well. That dude is so weird. Extremely weird. I think, so, I'm, I'm trying to remember this correctly. Does Raheem Mostert have, like, some injury concerns? Is he, when he was in the Niners, did he just not stay healthy for full seasons very much? Yeah, no. He, he was a late bloomer. Because I think he's already like 31 or 29. or, But yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere and he was already kind of had some injuries. But yeah, he is dynamic when he is on. He's so fast. Yeah. And I'm just watching him on the field. And it was just like, oh my God, they're just, they're just killing him with this. Yeah, and like the Patriots were... What, they, it looked like they were playing like a middle school defense half the time with three deep safeties like 15 yards off the ball. Like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. What? And, like, McDaniel, or, or what's his name? That's right, yeah. Mike McDonald. McD- oh. McDonald? Yeah, it's confusing. McDaniel, McDonald, Patriots. All right. But he, yeah, he, what is he supposed to, he's not going to just do the stuff he does with, like, Waddle and Hill, and then, you know, Waddle went out. So, yeah, he just ran the ball, and that's what he wants to do. Like, it's not like you're taking away the thing he actually, because he actually wants to run the ball. Yeah, yeah, I think just like Shanahan, you're right. Like, he prefers to run the ball, and 
I mean, it's in terms of the optics of it, I love watching those offenses work when they're just gashing people in the run game. I still have, you know, it's sad to say as a Bears fan, but I still have very fond memories of the Niners gashing the Packers in the playoffs multiple years in a row and just watching them run their way <laughs> right into the next round because the Packers just couldn't do anything to stop the run game that he had drawn up. All right, let's go ahead. We can move on now to what we're what we're excited for in week three. I think we've covered most of the stuff from week two. And again, I don't really want to talk about the Bears at all anymore. So you won't be surprised to find out that they're not in my highly anticipated matchups, the no Bears way. Chiefs. <laughs> but I'm I, let's let's start let's go with the Dolphins. We'll we'll pull that thread over there because I mean we would be remiss if if we didn't touch the one thing about the Bears and then we can put them to bed that Justin Jefferson at age twenty five, if he were on the Bears, would have the all time most receiving yards, and he's twenty five years old. E- even more than the legendary Harlan Hill. Even more than legendary left end or whatever his position was. Or flanker. Flanker. <laughs> right wing back, Harlan Hill. <laughs> yep. Yep, he's he's made it there already. Okay, so yeah, let's let's transition from the Dolphins talk into a game that I think is just kinda odd looking, which is that Dolphins Broncos game for this week. And I think in my head the Dolphins are very explosive and among the top teams. I don't think their defense is locked down, but they're they're pretty good, I think. And you would you would almost think that they should be favored to win by a lot against the Broncos team who looked kind of awkward in their week 1 loss and then managed to choke away a big lead to the Washington Commanders last last week. I can't believe we didn't touch that game, but that game was crazy. The Dolphins are at home for this matchup and the line is only 6.5. Does that seem a little low to you? Um, and that for me, that felt like if you have two, if you have a, even a competent team, the line should never be higher than seven. Like, unless, like, yeah, because I don't think the Dolphins are like, yeah, exactly. They're they're not this amazing defense. Like we've seen them kind of like I think New England kind of stinks on offense, but the Chargers just racked up yards upon yards so it's like seven seems right to me like that's that's a very good yeah. point so that's just kind of how i nice. see it unless the teams are really bad then it like one team which has to be so bad because i think there probably are only two double digit lines this week and it's dallas arizona and kansas city chicago <laughs> yep which there you go i mean, I mean it's two <laughs> of the worst right there I mean, we <laughs> We cannot sing the the praises. Well, what's the negative of praises? We cannot we cannot <laughs> sing a you know a dirge. Sing the sorrows. A, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can't start the funeral dirge of <laughs> the the season without singing about the bears and the cardinals. Yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, so so yeah, we have the, the line is six and a half. I am picking the Dolphins to cover the six and a half, but I'm a little nervous that it's not a touchdown just because it seems a little bit strange to me. But if I were to tell you, like, what's what's Denver's path to making that a game, right, and like and covering that line? Okay, so another thing about this is that even though Jalen Waddle went through walkthrough today, he has not been cleared out of the concussion protocol. Ooh. So that's a big thing, I think. 
I think they need okay. both those receivers to like really make that offense as dynamic as it can be. So that might have something to do with it. Um, I think, you know, last year you saw that Tua can kind of be flustered a bit, and I still think there are some pieces. I actually know. Actually, this is wrong. I always think that Bradley Chubb is still on this team, but he's on the other the Dolphins team. now. <laughs> he's not. He's not the Dolphins, and the Broncos have a terrible front four. So or front, yeah. And yeah, now they it's can't really... now it's all about Patrick Sertan for the Broncos. That's their big star power. Exactly. So I, yeah, I don't really know how they're going to get it done. I guess if they can stop the run and there's no Waddle, yeah, then hopefully you can just kind of contain the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's that's sort of what I had in mind too. Especially with an zero and two start in my head, I was thinking that oh well, the Broncos, you know, their defense is good, but they just need more time to get their offense to come along. Yeah. Their defense right now is thirtieth in yeah, DVOA, gonna... <laughs> and their offense is somehow seventh. See, but I think that has to be skewed, right? Because it's like, what do you think the best DVOA play in the entire season so far is? You're down eight, and you throw a seventy-yard touchdown. That's true. That's true. Hail Mary is pretty, pretty big success <laughs> pretty, there. That's pretty. I, what, I wonder what they are if you take that one play away. That's a very good question. That's a, <laughs> yeah. I'd be curious to see that too, especially because the Washington defense is tenth, so that's coming against a good opponent too. <laughs> and they even <laughs> even gave that play up, so they must be pretty, pretty good. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to give some credit to Joe Lombardi for that play call? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I am pretty sure I do not. <laughs> I mean, that Denver team is—they're one of the yeah the hilarious good bad teams out there. Yep, they're very. I was funny. I was so confused because I had Washington in that game, so I was feeling very good about about the cover because they were getting points, and I flipped away to a different game when Denver failed to get the onside kickback. And I think they were down eight. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm up 12 and a half at this point. And then all of a sudden I see an update along the bottom that it's 35 to 33 and that the Broncos just scored a touchdown. I was like, what? I'm sorry, what? Like, what is going on? But then, of course, they couldn't convert it to a two-point conversion. Um, yeah, it's not, not a good part of the field there for Russ to be operating in. Yeah. Doesn't work well. Uh, so yeah, so that one I, I'm like weirdly highly excited for. This also just isn't a very good slate of games this week, I don't think. I think the most, the potentially most fun is probably Falcons Lions, right? That game could be, I mean, that could be Goff shredding up the Falcons defense, yep. going against Atlanta, just running the ball for like 400 yards. Yeah, I mean that. I, I can see that happening. I mean, to me, this feels the Lions for the last, I want to say, eight seasons have been the worst team at covering the tight end. and Kyle Pitts is in, like, fucking football hell. So This is the Kyle Pitts breakout? This is him, three touchdowns, 200 yards. All right, that's a bold, that's a bold proclamation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it. Probably not like that, but... Arthur Smith would have to throw the ball three times to make that happen. <laughs> Somehow he, he threw the ball to get back... Last week, this is a, that was a hilarious game to watch the Packers. Yeah. Because it was like watching, you watched it happen two times. Because the Broncos had a pretty good lead on the football team. Double digits, yep. And then the Packers had a good lead on the Falcons. And they just choked, they just 
it kind of those games were so similar in a way. Yeah, they were bizarre. So yeah, I think the Lions Falcons game could be a lot of fun. I think in like a equally fun but not quite as competent one would be Vikings Chargers. That one's gonna be nuts. Yeah, where like in, instead of the Lions executing well and the Falcons pounding the ball well. You're going to have like the Vikings and Chargers <laughs> slapping the ball back and forth to each other in like wild swings of the game. Yeah, like 41-42. Yeah, there's got to be a block kick for a touchdown in there somewhere. Like, yeah. There's got to be a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, like, hopefully Cousins can do one of his. I mean, I think Cousins is just going to have like, PTSD from this time when like Khalil Mack was like the best football player in the NFL. Just Ooh, like, destroying yeah. him for the Bears. So he's just going to pop up and see him and just freak out and throw one of those, like, duck interceptions that he used to throw every once in a while where, like, you don't understand how the ball left his hand and did whatever it was doing. Yeah, it like, fluttered away that way. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think the Falcons and the Lions is going to be a good one. I think the Falcons are going to run for 200 yards on us. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. that. that but, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a better, ver- a better executed version of what we'll see in Vikings Chargers. And then the other ones I have, I'm excited to see the Jags Texans just because of the weirdness that I talked about earlier. And I'm even more excited now knowing that there are some people in our suicide pool that have them, that have the Jags, that is. Well, yeah. So you have to reveal who you have, and I'll reveal who I have. Oh, I'm taking the Chiefs this week against my Bears. <laughs> oh, you love very to hard. see it. Yeah, I'm taking the Falcons. No, no, no. no. I'm taking them Cowboys. That would be a good one. Just just sticking with your, your plan from the jump. Hey, I three weeks in a row. So You're still in. Well, and you used up the Giants. I know. I was. I almost took the Seahawks this week. That was like the one I was toying with. Get them out of the way. Or the Patriots. I was really thinking about the Patriots. But again, that's what I was saying. I hate divisional. Yeah. I would say one other thing, if anybody actually cares about advice on suicide pools. The other thing I would say is... There are a lot of injuries to come, and you don't always need to to try to get the optimal choice for the long run early in the season, because guess who's... It's going to be a lot nicer picking against the Browns going forward when they don't have Nick Chubb. Yeah, and it's going to... Well, to that point, too, one, one injury on one of the teams you want, like, how many teams are there that if their quarterback gets hurt, you're still going to pick them? So I'm right. going to save the Chiefs that you're using. Well, in week seven, like if Patrick Mahomes goes down, that's a team I can never pick. Yeah, suddenly you're like, ooh, I don't want to, I don't want to pick them anymore. It's like I feel like the only team that is kind of impervious to that is maybe the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, they don't seem to have any problems. Although even them, watching on Thursday night with Ayuk not playing, and then Samuel, I think Samuel's got the wind knocked out of him. But I just feel like it's. It's rare that they have all of Ayuk, McCaffrey, Kittle, and Samuel healthy. Yeah. And so I do true. feel like I should jump on them one of the weeks that they do and just be like, I'm not messing around with this later in the year when like two of those guys are out and another that's one leaves true. mid-game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The one thing you can count on is that every single week the Cardinals have to play somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. There's only one week that they have a bye. So. <laughs> Well, hopefully it's not the same week the Bears have a bye. Ooh. <laughs> let's take a look here real quick. Let's, let's, let's take a little peek play at the, uh, the Arizona, They have to play the each Arizona other, too. Cardinals schedule. So who are we going to take? Who are we going to take? And the Bears <laughs> say the Cardinals. That's the real question. 
That's a uh, that looks to be a juicy week fifteen matchup too. That's that's going to be if if we're all still alive at that point. If that's we're both be alive, John. If we're both alive and we're <laughs> the last two, we actually have to just one picks one side, one picks the yes. other. I think you're right. I think you're right. We should do that. That's a good. <laughs> that's a good pack to make. I mean, how are you going to? So let's see. That's hilarious. Let me, let's see the first one on here that you're going to be sweating. If if you were to just fully go with the strategy of picking whoever is playing the Cardinals, right? Who's, who's to say I won't? <laughs> You've already taken care of Washington and the Giants, right? Yep. So you're not going to be sweating it this week with the Cowboys. I I don't think so. Next then week, I don't think next week will be very bad either. <laughs> if the Bengals don't have Burrow, then like. Maybe a little bit? Yeah, maybe. Then you get the Rams. As long as Stafford is healthy, I feel pretty good taking the Rams against them. As long as <laughs> then Puka, the Seahawks. As long as Puka is out there. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Even if Stafford goes down, as long as Puka is on the field. <laughs> so then you have at Rams, at Seahawks. At home for the Ravens. So I'm still feeling pretty good there. I'm feeling at Browns. Still feeling Feeling pretty good still. It's uh, still pretty good. Falcons. Oh, feeling real good about that. The first week the, is this one. At Texans, November 19th. <laughs> so that'll be... Is that on Thanksgiving? Or <laughs> no, that, it's 1 yeah. o'clock. It can't be. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's the, that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So that'll be a good way to kick off the holiday week there. Man, uh, we'll see. This actually... I kind of feel like I should just do it. And you wouldn't have to deal with the with the divisional problem where you can't choose the opponent again until the week after that. Yeah. So, <laughs> then you'd have to pick someone else. Oh, and I don't think I'll ever pick the Cardinals or the Bears, so I'll be good on Christmas Eve. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, it's even better. It's even better. <laughs> well, I guess I guess I have to pick the Bears on Christmas Eve. <laughs> I mean, if I do it to that point and only don't pick them. That's true. Two times. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That would seem pretty... <laughs> you can't betray it at that point if it's working that well. That's right. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so so I should say, we're also very excited for Cowboys-Cardinals, obviously. It's going to be a huge, fun game. So for the predictions picks this week, we went 4-0 last week in, in my favorite ones. This week, I like the Rams plus 6.5. That one, I think, is kind of a cheating line because it seems to have come down a lot. Although... I think I told you this earlier. It, I didn't get it like the week before or anything like that. Usually when there's that big of a misalignment, it's because I pick it like before one of the teams has played their game. But this one I just picked on either Monday night or Tuesday. And for some reason it was six and a half then. But I like the Rams getting six and a half against the Bengals. The Chiefs minus 12 and a half against the Bears seems seems like easy money. They would have to drop so many passes when they're just <laughs> wide open guys all over the defense. What is the highest line you would pick the Chiefs at for this game? Hmm. What if I give you 18 and a half? I was just sort of thinking about like the 17, the 17 cutoff, like what <laughs> I still feel good about that. I would probably take the Bears if it was over 17. I would take the Chiefs minus 17. Okay. Bears if it's but I wouldn't feel good about it. <laughs> and then we have, uh, I like the Bills minus six and a half quite a bit. I think that that one feels pretty good. And the aforementioned Texans. I yes. See Getting nine against the Jaguars. Gotta love that one. So, 
Yeah. Oh, and Buffalo is playing at Washington, so that's the one that I just congrats congrats to Washington on pulling out that win over Russell Wilson. But I don't think the Bills are going to make it quite that easy. All right. Well, that's all I got for this week, buddy. Anything else you wanted to touch on before we call it? No. I mean, there's the last note that just was me saying the NFC North wins 0-4 last week, which I found pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I we're think not we're gonna... the worst division? No. Not worse than the AFC South. AFC South is probably still the worst we'll division. put that feather in our cap, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Jags, the Jags are currently tied on top with a 1-1 one one there. Um, so, I mean, by, by wins... We are the worst, I believe. <laughs> what are the two? We're yeah, we have, we're, two. We're, we're tied with the AFC West for the worst. We're we each two have two and wins. Six. Woof. Yeah. And and the AFC West, somehow the Las Vegas Raiders are currently on top in the AFC West. So Perfect. Yeah. And they have a point differential of negative twenty seven. So we'll see if that <laughs> if that holds up. All right, buddy. Well, thank you very much. And I am sure I'll be talking to you a lot on Sunday because I will be back here in my little COVID cozy. I get better, bud. Yeah, I'll talk Thanks, to you man. Soon. Talk to you soon.